This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. Most places you go, from coffee shops to libraries to airports, you'll be able to connect to open, unsecured Wi-Fi networks. But how safe are they? One tech writer came up with a pretty creative way to answer that question. She invited cybersecurity experts to break into her home network, essentially mimicking what it would be like if a hacker tried to access her data in public. And what she learned was a bit of a surprise. That writer is someone that you've heard from before here on Reset, Washington Post technology writer Tatum Hunter. Welcome back to Reset, Tatum. Thanks for having me. You were so curious about public Wi-Fi safety that you actually invited the cybersecurity company Avast to compromise your home network. What were you they able to find out about you? Less than I suspected. <laughs> when when we all logged onto my home network at the same time, the same way we would, you know, log onto the same network in a coffee shop. Avast used an online tool that anyone can access to listen in on my network. And what they saw was the sites I'd been at, but not what I'd done there, the time of day I went, and what device I was using, which was a MacBook Pro. So, you know, unless the websites I'm visiting are really sensitive to me, it's not the kind of information that would be particularly valuable to someone trying to, you know, scam me, steal money from me, or otherwise mess with me. Right. That's my first. First, I was thinking, that's it? You know, that kind of information isn't really, as we know, what hackers are looking for. So I, I wonder if that's all they're going to see. <laughs> Is it really worth it for them to be listening in on these public Wi-Fi networks? And when I, when I you know, talked to other experts to share what we'd found... They pointed out that it's really not only is it low reward for a hacker to sit in a Starbucks and mess with you, it's high risk. Um, that's illegal, right? They could they could be arrested. Right. So that um, if you're wanting to make money off of people's online activities, there's easier and safer ways to do it. So how what exactly did Avast do to be able to see what you were doing online? They they used a develop like a tool made for software developers, but that can also be leveraged by bad actors. So um, it's not that these tools aren't out there, that's for sure. And there and public Wi-Fi has a bad rap for a reason, um, because before websites encrypted their traffic, maybe you know. 10, 10 years ago, the internet was a lot, you know, less of a safe place and public Wi-Fi deserved that, that kind of paranoia when you were using it. Yeah. So this experiment then, you think it would have been different than if you were, in fact, on a public Wi-Fi network rather than being at home? I don't think so. I think that, I think that the results, the results probably would have been the same. They would have been able to see, to see um, the same sort of data. I think what matters most um, in this case, if you're using public Wi-Fi, is what you're up to. If it's something super sensitive, use a VPN. Um, our trusted VPNs are Molvad, iVPN, and Mozilla VPN. Um, or if you're hanging around on sketchy, unencrypted websites, uh, people could see what you type in there. Right, right. You know, th initially, we both were shocked, right, uh, the fact that, oh, really, that's all that they could find? So I, I wonder what some of the biggest concerns you would say are that folks have when it comes to using public Wi-Fi? Because I feel like we just all think the worst. Right, right. I think that um, it's, it's funny because we kind of reserve our cybersecurity paranoia for when we're logging on to that public network at a Starbucks or an airport. And we would be a lot better served to kind of shift that paranoia toward things like reusing our passwords, um, using easily guessable passwords that are somehow connected to our lives, like a kid or a pet's name, mm -hmm. um, and not updating the software on our devices um, and not updating the software, you know, that comes with our apps. So if you're, if you're 
sweating over the public Wi-Fi, take that same sweat and shift it over <laughs> to your password. <laughs> When uh, when I use public Wi-Fi at places like Starbucks, for instance, it always pops up a question asking if I want to be discoverable on the Wi-Fi or not. Does clicking no protect me from being hacked? I'd say every time you get a pop-up um, from anything asking for you know extra permissions from your data, no is always the best answer. <laughs> no for everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So- <laughs> In the grand scheme of things, how easy is it for people to be able to learn how to listen in on these public networks? I think I think it'd be super easy. The question is what you know, if you if you have the if you have the computer know how, um, you know, this is something a teenager would do could do. The question is, you know, what does a teenager learn from knowing that I visited, you know, Netflix, my bank's website and my work email? Um, you know, very little. Whereas if a, if it, if you know, if that same person with kind of a baseline level of um, computer know-how decided to learn how to, you know, compromise social media accounts, mm-hmm. they might get more bang for their buck. Um, and so, so it kind of keeps going back to the, these ideas of, you know, when we say we don't have to worry that much about public Wi-Fi anymore, we're not saying we don't need to worry about our cybersecurity, just that those chores that you need to do um, mm-hmm. are different than what you might think they are. <laughs> and, and make that distinction for us, the difference between just, you know, our overall cybersecurity, that focus, and this public Wi-Fi conversation. Yeah, yeah. So I think that maybe the easiest way to think about it is that, you know, hackers are not, you know, the person in a, you know, if you've, you've ever seen like stock art of a hacker, they're always wearing like a hoodie, you know, with their hood over their head. That is true. Uh, yes. <laughs> right. it's, not, it's not that person sitting next to you in a Starbucks. Um, you know, it, it's somebody in your email sending you a sketchy link. If somebody on social media, you know, asking for you to, you know, send them a login code because they've been locked out of their account. So it's it's um, I think our real cybersecurity threats are a lot more insidious. You know, it's very there's a very low odds that somebody in your corner bagel shop is messing with your network. But there's actually really high odds that people are out there trying to crack your passwords mm-hmm. um, and trying to compromise your accounts. How often are they successful in getting your personal information, would you say? Um, well, I would say that people are people are victims of online scams and identity fraud, for example, all the time. Um, and and I always kind of go back to these same these same two things where it's like turn on you know set a strong password and turn on multi factor authentication. That's where if you log onto an account, you also have to put in a code from your text messages or an authentication app um, and update your software. Those, those, those two things are really important for avoiding um, malware, viruses, and um, account and identity compromise. This is Reset. I'm Sasha Ann Simons. And if you're just joining us, we're talking with Tatum Hunter, a technology writer at The Washington Post. She invited experts to hack her home Wi-Fi to learn more about cybersecurity risks on public networks. So what I'm hearing you say, Tatum, is, I mean, you wouldn't say that public networks are completely safe, but using public Wi-Fi has become less of a concern in recent years. Talk more about what's changed to make public Wi-Fi more secure. So 10 years ago, the Internet was um, a more dangerous place because websites didn't encrypt their traffic. And what that means is that 
um, things that you typed into web forms would be readable to someone listening in on that network. Um, and then as websites started to encrypt their traffic, that means they used, um, you know, they used a code to scramble that traffic so it wouldn't be readable to a human eye. Um, and so in 2017, I believe, the balance tipped for web traffic in the U.S. to where more than 50% was encrypted. Today, more than 90% is encrypted. So that mm -hmm. means if you're using legitimate sites, there's a super high chance that they have, you know, taken the step, or I should add legitimate mobile apps, that they are taking care of your traffic in that way that someone watching that network wouldn't be able to read what you're typing in, like passwords. I see. So to be clear, if I'm at my local bookshop or cafe and I'm using their Wi-Fi, is there an automatic way in that moment for me to know that the network is safe? Like, are there signs or red flags that point to unsecured Wi-Fi? Mm, that's a that's a really good question. I think it's it's hard to know what sort of maintenance that that business owner right. is doing on their router and their network. So go ahead and assume they haven't done it and avoid <laughs> unencrypted web avoid unencrypted websites. So that's if you look up at the URL bar where you type in a website, you can see that it'll say HTTPS. That S stands for secure, and it means the site is encrypted. Oh, it and does. You're gonna know it, uh huh, and you're good. You're going to notice that almost every website you use, unless you're, you know, if, unless you are really off the beaten path, is is going to be using that. But I, I'll add that if you are concerned about this, if you're like, I don't want people to know that I'm going to Netflix, or I don't want people to know what type of device I'm using, mm -hmm. um, or or you want to protect yourself from the type of attacks that happen really rarely, like where, you know, a very dedicated hacker has figured out how to impersonate a network um, in what's called a man-in-the-middle attack, or um, as another example. Uh, you can use a VPN, which scrambles your with the entire contents of your, um, of your online activity. So, you know, even those things like your IP address and what site you went to aren't going to be visible. I see. So you, you started to mention before ways that we can protect ourselves when using public Wi-Fi. So setting up a VPN, I've heard you say that a few times, so that seems to be very important. Uh, you mentioned changing passwords. Is that right? Yeah, um, and this is and this is beyond public Wi-Fi, just for your entire online life. If you forget everything I've ever said, remember um, <laughs> to, set, to set strong passwords, and that means that it's about 12 or 15 characters long. It uses numbers and letters, throw in a symbol for good measure, and don't uh, connect it to... Don't connect it to your life. Let it be something that wouldn't be guessable, even to the people closest but to you. Tatum, and then reuse it. But Tatum, I want to use the password I've been using ever since I was twelve. I know, and I and I, I have some fun, um, <laughs> some fun metrics. I think from Microsoft sent me some metrics saying, like, you know, some super high percentage of people use their pets' names. So oh, yeah. you know, if I'm <laughs> So, so you are not alone. Um, but, and, but one tip I'd give people is that if this feels overwhelming, you're like, wait, how am I going to remember all of these unique, hard to guess, long passwords? Um, adopt a password manager. The one I use is called Dashlane. We also, um, recommend one password. Um, and, and I pay like three bucks a month. It saves all of my passwords. It generates impossible to guess ones for me. And it's made my life way easier. Yeah. Google's telling me to change my passwords on linked accounts. Does that mean I should do it or is this a scam? <laughs> 
So when you say Google is telling you, uh, where like my personal Google account. Oh yeah, it might. You know, if you if you're using Chrome to save your passwords, um, you know, a yeah. much better idea than reusing passwords, right? If you're using Chrome to save your passwords, it might notice when you've reused them or when they've appeared in a password leak. Um, Apple will do that for you too. I see. They'll say, okay. hey, this this password of yours showed up on a on a leak. You should you should go ahead and so change it. So it's just being helpful and smart. Yes, yes. If it's coming from from Chrome or from your iOS Apple system, you can you can trust that recommendation. Gotcha. Well, before I let you go, are there things that people should be more worried about? You think than a hacker getting your information over public Wi-Fi? Yes, and at the risk of driving everyone insane, being a broken record, your passwords um, <laughs> and your outdated and your outdated software. When you get that pop up being like, "Hey, it's time for a software upgrade," and you're like, "No, thanks." Um, I'm going to ignore this because we, uh, pop-ups are obnoxious and we're getting fatigued of them, right? <laughs> right. Um, but go ahead and start saying yes to that. Give yourself five minutes for your system, you know, to update and reboot. And that, along with your strong passwords and your multi-factor authentication, is the best thing you can do to keep yourself safe on the Internet. Got it. Set up your VPN, change your passwords, update your software. Tatum Hunter is a tech writer for The Washington Post. Thank you so much for breaking that down for us. Thanks for having me.